Hi there, and welcome again to the Bible Project Podcast. And we've reached part 50 of our journey together through the book of Genesis. And we're just revisiting the scripture again. Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. I'd remind you that the transcript of all these talks is available in the episode notes of any of the audio versions of this podcast. So you may remember from last time that we came across what some people consider a rather confusing piece of scripture at the beginning of Genesis chapter 6, which says this, When the human beings began to increase in number on the earth, and the daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that their daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Now I mentioned last time that there are three main views as to who these sons of God are actually referring to. The first theory is that these sons of God are the sons of the early rulers or the judges of Israel. The second view is that it is just referring to the children of the line of Seth marrying outside their religiously observant family group. The third view, which has been the traditional view for many centuries, and that is that these sons of God are in fact angels, fallen angels. So how might one reach such a dramatic conclusion? Well, let me explain. The expression sons of God only appears four times in the whole of the Old Testament. Here, once in Genesis, and three times in the book of Job, in Job chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 38. Now, you may not be aware, but the story that's told in the book of Job is set at the same time in biblical history as that what we are reading about here today. The book of Job is set during the time of what are called the patriarchs. The sons of God, when mentioned in Job, it is clearly and indisputably talking about angels there, fallen angels in fact, led by Satan, Lucifer. So the argument is that the sons of God referred to here in Genesis are also angels because it is clearly used in that way in this book and the book of Job when looked at together. This view is probably the only view which would explain why the events were considered so serious that it led God to feel that he needed to send a flood. If angels, fallen angels, led by Lucifer, had indeed married human women and contaminated the human race, then and only then a totally clean slate might seem the most appropriate action. So that's the argument for saying that these sons of God referred to here are in fact fallen angels. I think that's what the Old Testament is saying. Now what that actually means is more difficult to interpret, but I believe that is what is being said here, and the New Testament confirms that also for us. In the little book of Jude, which is towards the end of the New Testament, in verse 6 it says this, And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling, These he kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. This is a very interesting passage of scriptures, which implies that the angels of verse 6 committed sexual acts and went after, as the King James Version calls it, strange flesh. I believe this is a reference, again, from Jude to the text of Genesis chapter 6, and thus suggests to many experts that this early part of Genesis is indeed talking about fallen angels cohabiting with ordinary women. 
And as I said, for the first four years of the Christian era, this was the accepted interpretation of this passage. It was only later some people came along and came up with other theories. This interpretation was in fact usually accepted with some slight variations amongst all Jewish and Christian scholars for the first 400 years of the modern era of church history. An interesting aside to me is that some of the really great theologians over time and in this time like people like D.G. Barnhouse and others have said that this text is in fact the inspiration behind all the other Minoan, Greek and even the Norse mythologies that followed on. They say that within this text lies the origin story of all those half-human, half-men, half-demigod figures presented in virtually all of the world's ancient mythologies. And remember, the first 11 chapters of Genesis are written and refer to a time before there were any other written accounts of history. Stories like the Greek legends and the Norse myths are believed by many to all hold their roots in these earliest of historical stories. So the hero myth does not lie its origins in Marvel or DC Comics, but here in Genesis chapter 6. And so the idea here is that the whole human race is corrupted by these acts, and this is why the Lord says, My spirit will not contend with humans forever. What that actually means, we'll try and get to the bottom of, over the next few episodes. Okay everyone, that's it for this time. Thank you for joining me. Now the place to go to connect to this and any other ministries I'm involved in is the podcast notes section of the audio podcast on the Buzzsprite website or by looking in the episode notes section on whatever app provider you use. Within that, you'll not only find the transcript of each talk, but you'll also find links to all the ministries and the way to connect with us, including the Facebook page, my YouTube channel, and links both to this, the daily podcast, and the Living in Faith Everyday podcast, which is a weekly roundup of all the various Bible study and talks that I'm doing over the period of the preceding week. You'll also find links there to my SoundCloud and my Bandcamp page where I create the background music and the sound design of these broadcasts. But with that, all I'd like to say is thank you for joining me and I hope to join with you again very soon.